sales coaching, sales training is not meant to be easy. And a lot of times salespeople who are struggling want the easy way out. But I got to give you the truth. There is no easy way. And the word hack stands for an acronym, which means help, action, coaching, and kick butt. So my question for you is, do you have what it takes to get coached and ask for coaching? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios on episode number 179, The Hack Formula for Coaching. (laughs) Now, before you start thinking, hey, Scott's got an easy way for me to close more deals, I want to remind you that in the long run, there are no shortcuts in sales. And uh, hacks like uh, power hacking and, and biological hacking, those things are all tests to begin with because they don't always work for somebody. And so like sometimes you'll see a hack on YouTube that's supposed to make things easier. And, you know, sometimes they do. But the word hack today is an acronym. And H stands for help. A is for action. C is for coaching. K is for kick butt. (laughs) Just want to make sure you didn't think it was going to be like, hey, here's some shortcut. There are no shortcuts in sales. And I I have found that most salespeople say that they want it until they have to put in the hard work. And what I mean by hard work is the time, the effort, the energy, the money, the things that it's going to take to make you better. You know, in 2006, 2007, I started working with a guy every single morning. We role played every morning, six o'clock to seven o'clock. We would fight to see who could get to the office first. We would fight to see who had the sharpest uh, ironing on their on their shirts. We would fight to see who had the best shine in the boots. And then for an hour every morning, we went at it. We role played. We we talked about how to be better. We put ourselves on video. We recorded ourselves on audio. And people would come and say, "Hey." Scott, Chris, we, we want to come work with you. The guy that I was working with, his name was Chris. And they they would say, we want to come work with you. And they thought it was going to be coffee and donuts. And we were at the gym. We were at the sales gym, so to speak. And, you know, they would come and they would work out with us for one or two days. And then they would say, we don't, we don't want to do this. And then they would look at our numbers and they'd say, how are you guys getting these numbers? we'd say, you've, you've been here. You've seen what we do. And like, yeah, I, I just don't want to get up that early. I don't want to go through that much pain. And so for you, I can't make you want it. Nobody can make you want it. Your circumstances can make you want it. You you individual and your drive can make you want it. But you have to decide at the end of the day, this is what I want. I want to put in the hard work. And there's a reason why I'm having this conversation with you. Because if you're listening to this episode of the How to Sell Show and you're looking for the formula for coaching, it means you're looking for a way to get better. And at the end of the day, most salespeople, most entrepreneurs don't see a failure to success ratio, a failure to success ratio. And this is the amount of times versus the amount of uh, times, you, the amount of times you fail versus the amount of times you succeed. And 
a lot of the industries that I work within have a standard closing rate of 30%. That means that there is a two times out of three chance that you're going to fail and a one time out of three chance that you're going to have success. And a lot of companies are okay with that. And so like salespeople will look and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm closing deals, but I'm failing. And we'll have the conversation. Why are you failing? Well, there's other people closing more than me. Okay. Well, that should be your fuel to get better at what you do. If there's somebody who's out there that's closing better than you, why don't you start asking like, what are they doing? What steps are they taking? How did they get there? You know, and, and that is hard work in itself because a lot of people won't humble themselves and say, hey, look, I need some help. And if you really want to get to the next level, there's there's points where it happens fast, but there's also points where it's incremental. And so you are talking to Mr. Impatient. You are listening, I should say, to Mr. Impatient right here. And there's a lot of times where I have been very impatient in my life, and I wanted things to have happen. And when you take a look at the learning process, you take a look at how you interact with success, how you interact with, with things happening, sometimes the, the failures the problems, the roadblocks that you hit are the things that you need to see to make you better at what you do. And, you know, you could have somebody come to you and say, hey, you can avoid this. If you say it this way, it's going to work better. But you have to build those neural pathways. You have to put in the action. You have to put in the work. And with that being said, you need focus on skills, dedication that you're going to get knowledge, and know that failure isn't permanent unless you make it permanent. And you may be saying, Scott, why are, why are we talking about failure when it comes to coaching? And I'm going to share with you that, you know, when I meet with salespeople, when I meet with entrepreneurs and they say, hey, I need some help, there is a mental roadblock for them. And it's usually around failure. And then there's some other elements that we're going to get to as well. But there's this, this fear that I'm going to fail. Now, uh, I interviewed Jay Abraham, the marketing and business guru a week ago, two weeks ago. And I was asking him about failures. And he said, Scott, I, I have failed more times than I've succeeded. And, you know, he was very open about it. It wasn't like, hey, Scott, I failed more times than I've succeeded. He was, he said, hey, look, you know, I was putting plans together. Things have, have gone wrong. I've lost business partners. You know, he, he talks about these things. He shares them. Uh, Joe Sugarman shared the same thing with me in 2016 when I met him at the Genius Network. And I, I start looking to the people who have had major success in their life, and there's this thing, and they will say, I have failed more times than I've succeeded. But I have kept going, and when I have succeeded, I've won big. And so it's it's all about the the experiences. We've We've all been through bad experiences. I've been through a really bad breakup. I went through... Uh, a position where I, I lost a role that I really liked. And, you know, both those things had implications emotionally on me, physically on me. And I just want to encourage you that when it comes down to it, if you're looking for the hack formula for coaching, you have to be okay with failure before we move forward. We have to have the conversation. We have to have the tough conversation. My mom likes to refer to these as asbestos underwear conversations. And if you're not going to be okay with failure, if you're not going to be okay with with having to repeat steps, you're not going to be okay with with having to put the work in. That I I don't know exactly how to help somebody who doesn't who doesn't want it. And I don't know the circumstances you've been through. I don't know the struggles you've been through, the problems that you have, whether it's relationship, money, uh, people. The we we all have them, 
And, you know, there's a point where if it's too, too much, you got to get some help. You got to, you got to talk to a therapist, uh, a psychiatrist. Sometimes it comes down to, to going further than that, but keep going. You got this. Now, with that being said, and with failure out of the way, know that part of the coaching process is correction. Part of the process is having tough conversations. Part of the the process is hearing you didn't do it right. Try again. And, you know, as you go through that, it doesn't always feel good because it's in the moment and you're like, I want this, but I'm being told I'm not doing it right, but I'm trying, I'm trying. Now, uh, I was on a phone call last night and I was talking to a really good friend and she was conveying a story to me. And for whatever reason... I just could not understand the story. For whatever reason, I just, no matter how many times she explained it to me, I just, it was not connecting. And there's times where you have people who are coaching and it's not connecting. And it's not, it's not that they don't have the skills. It's not that they don't have the talents. It's not that they don't have the capabilities. You're just hearing the message wrong. They're just not saying it in a way that you need to say it. So sometimes, sometimes you need to work through and find, find the right coach uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll meet people and they're not the right fit for me and I'm not the right fit for them. And that's okay. That, that there's nothing wrong with that. You like, sometimes you like Coke, sometimes you like Pepsi, sometimes you like Dr. Pepper. And I'm just going to say, just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean that they can't coach you. Doesn't mean that they're the wrong fit. In fact, they might be the right perfect for you, uh, because they're going to tell you the things that you need to hear, not the things that you want to hear. And, I want to make sure that like when, when you take a look and you're like, I don't know if this coach is going to work out, it, it should be because what they're teaching you isn't working, not because you don't like them. You know, there's a lot of coaches that I've had that I didn't like, but they made me better at what I did. It was, it was I didn't like them in the moment because they made me uncomfortable. I didn't like them in the moment because of the way they talked to me. So I had to, I had to put the ego away. I had to put the, the, like my hurt feelings away. And just this reminder that sales coaching and, and training only works when you do, and you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. There is a lot of uncomfort with not knowing how to do something. There's a lot of anxiety with, I don't know how to put this together. And you have to take the steps because most, most training and most coaching should have some sort of a plan. There should be some direction that goes to it. But like sometimes there's not. There's times where I meet with people, they tell me their problems, they tell me their struggles, and I take a look at it, and I'm like, okay, this is going to have to be an unconventional way to do this. So I don't want you to say, hey, Scott said you have to have a plan or you have to have something in writing. You know, it doesn't always work that way. You know, I look for track record. I look for the amount of wins that somebody's had. I also look at their losses because that's going to be able to say, you can coach me through the problems that I've had too. And Putting the steps together to implement, sometimes it goes wrong. It's a science experiment. One of the greatest things that I have ever learned is in the world of marketing, everything's a test. No, let's test it. Let's see if it works. So like when when I when I learn a new process, I just I go and like, hey, let's see if it's a test. Let's see, let's see what we can do to get this to work. Let's see what we can do to take these actions. And it softens the blow of not having something work perfectly. It was a test. Now let's test it another way. Let's test it another way. So it may be that you need to reframe the way that you're looking at 
failure, the way that you're looking at success before we get to the hack, because I promise it's coming. <laughs> you got to get past the feeling of looking dumb, silly, or otherwise. So uh, whether it's role play one-on-one, whether it's role play one-on-many, you know, you have to get past that feeling of like, I'm, I'm saying it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. There's an issue here. People are going to look at me silly. And the thing that you got to learn is nobody really cares what you do. Like there's been things that I've thought about in my life and I've gone to people and apologize for and they'll say, I don't even remember that happening. And I was hyper-focused on it. I was like, oh my goodness, they're going to say these things. It's been a long time since I've seen them. And we tend to relive situations and most people don't. They usually let them go. And so like for me, when I see a sales play, salesperson role-playing and practicing, I'm like, that's a normal thing for them to do. And when they fail, I go, hey, that's a normal thing for them to do. And when they say it wrong, that's a normal thing for them to do. And so I highly encourage you to take a look at what your view of failure is. Because remember, in most industries, a 30% closing rate is fantastic. That means two times out of one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Six times out of 10. Out of six times out of 10 that salesperson's failing. Three times out of 10, they're winning. And a lot of industries look at that as okay. Now, as you start moving up and you start getting a higher win rate, oh my goodness, things start opening up for you and making it easy. But you have to put in the work. You have to put in the effort. And when you get coached, you have to put in the action. You know, I I will give coaching clients homework. And I'll say, hey, look, I can't hold your hand on this. Here's what you need to have done by next week or by whatever day we're going to meet. And the worst thing for you to do is to put that work into action the day before. Like, you know, there's, you, you need, you need the hits, you need, you need the action, you need, you need to have to live through what's going on. Because sometimes when people tell me, like, I tried it once, like, well, trying it once isn't going to do anything to help you. You got to try it a bunch of times, you know, try it once. That's, that's, that's not enough. You're not even in the game at one. So, you know, I, I look at when I played soccer, when I, when I swam, I was on the swim team, when I played football, I didn't freak out when a coach correct me. Sometimes I, I got the verbal abuse. Hey, you know, knucklehead, knock it off. You're doing it wrong. You know, I, I could think back in soccer. I had, I had a coach that played professionally in Mexico, and he would make us run drills over and over and over again. Marco made us work our butts off. But when it came to a game, we stomped the competition. We had like an undefeated record and people would say like, how did you guys do that? And we would say we practiced over and over and over again. We practiced different kicks. We practiced different ways to, to foul people. We practiced different ways to, to make sure that, you know, where we were on the field when we were running a play and the same thing happened with swim team. You know, when I was on the swim team, I would go from swim lessons to soccer. So I had back to back, back-to-back training for like four hours a day. It, it was a lot. And, you know, I, I had to have some energy reserves, but I would get yelled at between swimming and soccer. Like, you don't have everything. You're, you're not in this game. And I'm like, coach, I'm tired. And like, who cares if you're tired? You got to keep going. They didn't care that I was going from swim practice to soccer practice on the same day. They wanted the best out of me from everything. And sometimes when you talk to your coach, they have time, energy, and effort invested in you just like you do. And they want to see you win. They want to. They want to have a client that that's going to do something with it. There's a there's a copywriter coach, and his name's Colin Therio, and he has this thing called cult of copy. And one of the conversations he had a couple of years ago is, 
they were talking about how to accept clients. And he said, hey, I don't want to accept a client who's not going to put in the work and is not going to put in the effort because it's going to mess up my win ratio. And so he said, look, I, I'll, I'll accept payments from people. And I'm giving you a paraphrase. These aren't exact words. But it was something that I, I've thought about a lot. Like, you know, there are coaches out there that just won't take money from anybody. That just because you could pay for it doesn't mean that they're going to give you the attention that you want because they may look and say, you're not going to put in the work or, you know, that guy or that girl's not going to put in the work or the effort. So with that being said, you have to have a good belief between coaching and success and tough conversations. It, there's going to be times where things are like, hey, you're not doing it right. You got to do it again. You got to, you got to try again. You got to put in more action. You got to put in more effort. So let's talk about the hack formula. Let's talk about the hack formula. H, help. You got to ask for it. At the end of the day, you have to want the help. At the end of the day, this has got to be you. It's got to be your decision. It's got to be what you want. So I had somebody try to hire me and say, I'm going to force my sales guy into taking this trading. And I said, no, your sales guy has to want it. If, if you're trying to force somebody into sales training, into sales coaching, they don't want it. You're wasting your money. Find somebody on your team that really wants it. And I wouldn't take the money because I wanted to have success. And this sales guy, after talking to him, was in sales because somebody in his family wanted him to be in sales. He didn't want it. It wasn't going to matter how much effort or energy that I put into him. He wasn't going to do it. And so salespeople who have no skin in the game really end up not doing anything with what they've learned. And I've seen this quite a bit where somebody somebody will pay for the coaching and the salesperson is just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not into this. And this is tied to you have to want it. And you have to be all in to be humbled. I, I know that like when I talk to some of my coaches and mentors over time and over history, there's been times where I didn't want to go to them and tell them what was going on because I knew I was either A, going to get the smack down, B, get told, I you know, we talked about this or see a combination of both. There's there's people that you can go to. They don't necessarily have to be a paid coach. You could ask uh, someone at work, somebody you work with, a manager, somebody uh, that you that sells with you. There's a lot of salespeople that are more will, more than willing to work with you. There's a lot of salespeople that are more than willing to have conversations with you. But the second that they see that you're not putting in the work after you you uh, you ask for the help, they're just gonna they're gonna say, hey, look. A, action. This should be self-evident. It kind of gets touched on a lot when you ask for help because it's the second, the other side of the coin. I was going to say the second side. It's the flip side of the coin. It should be self-evident. You're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone. Whatever your comfort zone is, you're going to have to squash it. And if you think about this, you are asking somebody for money for something that they give you. It could be a product. It could be a service. It could be you know, time that you spend with them. You're asking somebody for money. And so sometimes people tell you no. And sometimes when you get coached, people tell you no. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Because our egos get in the way. We're good at what we do. I don't want somebody as a grown adult telling me how I have to do something. I don't want to have to ask for permission. So, you know, you have that internal fight that is like, do I do this? Do I not do this? You know, is it going to make me uncomfortable? Am I going to have anxiety? Am I going to get frustrated? Yes. All of them. Yep. All of them. And even for me, you know, uh, I could think of times when I worked with my copy coach, David Garfinkel. 
you know, David Garfinkel's a nice man, love him, but like, you know, when you disappoint your coach, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. C, coaching. And this touches on A for action. Coaching isn't always easy for the salesperson or the coach. There's times where I got to give people the lumps and have to have a tough conversation and I've got to do it. You know, I can't go like, you know what, today I really don't want to. I'm like, hey, you paid me for coaching. You paid me for training. I'm going to say the hard thing. When companies hire me, one of the things they'll ask me to do is to rank their salespeople. And I can't go, yeah, I don't want to do that today. I got to rank them. No matter how much I like the guy, no matter how much I like the girl, here's here's what I see, here's what they're capable of, and here's where they're struggling. And, you know, there's times where owners and management teams will say, do you think that they're going to get past it? And sometimes I have to tell them no, because you can look sometimes at salespeople and say, hey, this guy is not in it. They're not, they don't really want it. They're just putting in the bare minimum. They're just showing up. They're just giving the show up and throw up. You have to put in the hard work and not just do the minimum. And I know I've shared this with you, but I've got to reinforce this. It's not, it's not the minimum. It's, it's the maximum amount of effort that you can get. You want to, you want to get the most out of coaching. You put in the effort. You want to get the most out of coaching. You ask the questions. You want to get the most out of coaching. You show up and there's time involved. And so there is, there's a couple things that will lead to rejection or regret. So time, energy, effort, risk, money, and reputation. That's, those are all the elements of rejection. If you can break into any one of those or have a problem with any one of those, you have the ability to be rejected. Now, on the other hand, if you don't put in time, energy, effort, risk, money, or reputation, you have the ability to go back and say, I've got regret. I've got regret for people that I could have trained with and coached with for things that I paid for and I did nothing with. I've got rejection from people that I've asked to help me or, you know, effort that I put in and it didn't work. It was, it was a, something that didn't always happen. And so when we opened up and I talked to you about the, the failure to success ratio, the reason for it is I don't have a hundred percent track record. I don't, there's things that have gotten to me. There's things that have pissed me off. I, Scott Sullivan Bell am not perfect. I still struggle with things. You know, I still look at, at things that I, I've been working on for, for long periods of time. And, you know, I'm, I'm telling myself, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it work. And then there's times where I look and I say, hey, this isn't what I want. Even though I've hired the best coaches, even though I've had the best training, even though I met with the best, at the end of the day, this isn't what I want. So there's going to be a point for some of you when you ask for help, you take action, you get coaching, you decide, this isn't for me. That's okay. Find something that is, but go through the process. A good coach is going to want for you to win and not just get paid. Like I want people to win. When somebody comes to me and raises their hand and says, hey, Scott, I need help with coaching. I need help with training. I want them to win. I want them to have success. I want them to understand that failure is part of the game. But I don't just take money for the sake of taking money. I turn people down quite often because at the end of the day, either they're not paying for it or they really don't want it. They say they do, but they don't. K. K is for kick butt. This process is all about calibration. You put in the work, you put in the effort, you look at it as a test. Sometimes you win, sometimes you fail, sometimes you break even. But you have to calibrate. You have to be willing to say, look, it didn't work this way, it'll work another way. And there is a funky thing with time. There's a funky thing with time, and, I'm, and I want to give you fair warning about this. This happens a lot, that you build up a rampway. 
because momentum is not always fast. There's times where you win instantly and you're like, yes, but it's unrealistic. It's unrealistic because what ends up happening is your brain tells you this is the way it's supposed to be all the time. And sometimes when you're failing, your brain tells you this is the way it's supposed to be all the time. So there is, there's a way that you can wrap your head around saying, look, I did really good here. I'm going to make something happen. I look forward to making more happen, but there, there might be a point where I fall down and I fall off my bike. I, I watch random things on YouTube for about 30 to 45 minutes a day, sometimes an hour. Because I'm looking for different angles. I'm looking for different stories. I'm looking for different ways to explain things. I'm looking for different concepts. And so I'm going to give you an example. About a month ago, I was watching a video about people riding bicycles in the Tour de France. And you got some of the best riders in the world and they still crash. You got the best riders in the world and they still fall out of formation. You got the best of the best and they're not perfect. Right? I, I, I know of very few salespeople that I would even come close to saying perfect, but they would tell you, look, I struggle too. There's days that I kick butt and then there's days that I don't. So it happens in waves. It happens in cycles. And there's going to be a point where you get stuck again and you may have to ask for more coaching. We all hit a ceiling. We all hit a point where we're like, we, we've gotten to the point of where we know everything. And I don't mean everything like arrogant. We get to the point where we have good skills, good capabilities, good talents, and we know enough to be successful. And then you're like, I want to get to the next level. You got to get another coach. So this cycle repeats. So asking for help or help ask for it, action, coaching, and kick butt. That's the formula for hack. So like sometimes Scott will say, people will come to me and say, hey, Scott, I can't, I can't pay for this. I don't have the money. Okay. So there you have, you have a, a couple of different options. You can save for it. Now, when I first started in sales, there weren't podcasts, there weren't YouTube channels, there was blogs, but they're not like, they weren't as prolific as they are today. And when, when you take a look at it, I had to go to Borders, I had to go to Barnes and Nobles, and I would buy books on CD. I'd buy stuff on eBay. And I would find content. And I would constantly listen to it. So sometimes coaching isn't live. Sometimes coaching isn't one-to-one. Sometimes coaching is one-to-many, meaning like somebody somebody gave you the advice over a recording. Like today. Today is one-to-many. Uh, you know, you're not having the ability right now to raise your hand and say, hey, Scott, can you clarify something for me? That's why I try to give you as many options and different ways to explain it as possible because uh, I want somehow to hit and, and, and stick and have you go, oh, okay, I get it. I, I don't do it to be overly redundant because everybody learns a little bit differently. Sometimes out of the four or five examples that I get, somebody picks it up right the first time and they're like, I get it. Stop beating a dead horse. And sometimes it takes four or five different times for someone to go, hey, now I get it. Now I understand. Sometimes it's going to come down for you asking for it. And there are people that may give you training out of the graciousness of their heart. And there are people who will give it to you because they see your hunger. They see your desire. They see that you want it. And then there are going to be people who tell you, no, if you don't have the money to pay for it, you could trade. You could, you could do something for the good. You could do something for the product. You could do for something for the service. It may mean mowing lawns. It may mean washing cars. It may be you, you got to do tasks for this person that you, you, you're their virtual assistant, that you answer the phone when, whenever they need it. Um, 
you know, if if it, this is something that you really want and this is something that you, you're like, I got to get this done, there's going to be a way for you to figure it out. And just know that even if you save for it, it may not work. Even if you ask for it, they may tell you no. And even if you trade for it, you may not get anything out of it. And so, you know, you can't get caught up in like, I had coaching and I had training and, and it didn't work. It was part of a combination lock. I look at a lot of things in life like a combination lock. It's not right, left, right. It's left, right, left. You know, when you're spinning the dial on a lock, if you're going the wrong direction, it's never going to unlock. And so sometimes you get the wrong coach. Sometimes even with the time, the energy, the effort, and everything you put in, you get the wrong coach. But there's still value to the training. There's still value because now you know how to not do it. Last on this list, see if you can get somebody to underwrite you. See if you could get somebody else to pay for it. Now, the reason I put this last is because this is what what people want to do the most is get somebody else to do it. But if you put in the money, you have more skin in the game. But if it took you a lot of time to find somebody to to do the training for you, to pay for the training for you, to get you there, then it might work. Now, you know, I, I listened to a lot of Jay Abraham from the time that I was I don't know, 19, I mean, even till today. But there was a guy that that came onto one of the recordings, and what he did was he would say, look, I know you don't have time to go listen to Jay Abraham, but what I'm willing to do is I'm willing to take notes, and I'll give you the, the information and disseminate it for you so you don't have to go sit in the class all day. And so he would get people to pay for $25,000 classes for him because he would go take the notes. He would come back, and he would deliver, you know, just raw data and say like, here's all the things that you need to do. Here's the typed up notes. Here's, here's, uh, here's the action plan. Here's some steps you could take. So it may be that you find somebody and you say, Hey, look, if you pay for my training, I will train your people. I will, I will work with your people and help them be better at what they do. And you, you have to find a way when it comes down to make it happen. You, You know, um, I have this belief in life that it's MIH, that anytime that I struggle, I I just start telling myself, MIH, make it happen, make it happen. What do I got to do to make this happen? Well, it could come down that you save for it, could come down that you ask for it, it could come down that you trade for it, you could get somebody else to underwrite it for you. And when I say it, I'm referring to sales coaching, sales mentoring, sales training, entrepreneur mentoring, entrepreneur coaching, entrepreneur training. You just, you, you have to want it. And I just, I want to end on this today. You know, we may have never met in person. We may never, ever meet in person. But I want to let you know that you have this. You got this. Keep going. Keep putting in the work. Keep putting in the effort. There is going to be a point where everything turns around and it makes sense. You just have to be in the game long enough to make it happen. You just have to get the right coach. You just have to get the right mentor. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.